good evening, everyone. We are so glad that you have chosen to join us this evening on Facebook Live and live stream, and especially our Grace Church family. We are so glad to get to connect with you tonight, even if it is virtually. And uh, we are looking forward to what God has for us tonight. Pastor is going to be coming to the pulpit shortly to bring the word. And we are just looking forward to sharing the word of God together tonight, even if it's virtually. And I just want you to know that you're not alone. Uh, we all are experiencing some, uh, you know, just some anxieties maybe from this stay-at-home order. A lot of us were just feeling like if this could be over and we could just get out. But we're all in this together. And it's nights like tonight where we can come together uh, and worship the Lord together, be in the Word together that lets us know that we're all big one family, one big body of Christ. And I am so thankful that we have each and every one to lean on in these hard, hard and difficult times. And I just want to encourage you right where you're at, if you're in your home, in your living room, wherever you may be, I just want you to, I want to encourage you to open your Bible, open your heart, and we're going to have church together tonight just like we were here on the Grace Church campus. We do want to give you an opportunity to give tonight, uh, and uh, once again, giving virtually. And so you'll see on your screen there, there's three ways to give. You can give online at the Grace Church website. You can text um, your gift, or you can also mail it to the P.O. box that you see there on your screen. But we want to make sure that you know that those resources are available to you to give. And then, while you are giving... I want to take a moment and just give you a couple of announcements, a couple of things to remember. First of all, uh, in accordance with the stay-at-home order that was issued on Sunday evening, men's prayer this coming Saturday has been canceled. It has been postponed or dismissed. And then we have a very special announcement that I want to share. I want you to mark your calendar, put this uh, where you'll remember it. But the Apostolic Fellowship Summit is calling all Apostolic Pentecostals to pray for our nation at 12 o'clock Eastern time on Friday, March the 27th. Now, of course, that'll be 11 o'clock here in the central time zone. And this summit is an annual meeting of the seven largest apostolic denominations in, uh, in the country. And those leaders will be praying via live stream on the UPCI Facebook uh, page and we'll be joining, in, or, and they're asking everyone to join them in prayer at noon Eastern on Friday. So if you would do that, let's pray together, and we're going to ask that God continue to move. God bless you. God bless you tonight. We're going to pray. We're going to open this service with prayer, and there's a couple of things that I want us to pray about. Of course, the world situation, uh, we want to pray that God would continue to move, and I believe he already is moving, and we want him to continue to move in the world situation, especially here at home in the United States of America, especially in our state, in the state of Louisiana. And then also we have a report this evening of one of our apostolic churches in Illinois that has been hit very hard um, by this coronavirus, and we've, they've asked for prayer. We want to pray for them. We want to intercede for them tonight. And then also all of our overcomers here at Grace Church, we want to especially pray for our group, our overcomers, that God would keep his hand on them, keep his angels around them, put a hedge of protection and supply all of their need according to his riches and glory. So let's pray together to that end this evening. Jesus, we are so thankful 
that, Lord, that you're always making a way. And even, even when we don't see the answer right in front of us, we know that you're moving, we know that you're working, we know that you've got the whole world in your hands. And so I'm praying tonight, God, that you would breathe life into this situation, this crisis in our world. I pray life into the economy. I pray healing, Lord, into every life that needs healing. Lord, for our, our apostolic church in Chicago that needs a touch, everyone in that uh, fellowship that needs a touch, I pray that you would move and that you would work. And I pray tonight, Lord, that you would uh, just minister to Grace Church overcomers, Lord, our, our great, great seasoned saints. I pray a hedge of protection around them. I pray a, an anointing over them, a covering over them, and that you would supply their needs according to your riches and glory. And we'll be careful to give you the praise in Jesus' name. Now, right where you're sitting, I want you to clap your hands and thank the Lord for the miracle, for the power of prayer, for the answer that is on the way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage you before pastor comes to bring the word, just by way of inspiration, I want to encourage you to just keep praying. I know that Monday night we had focused prayer together at 714 to, to uh, just align ourselves with the promise that's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. I know we've been praying over the last days and weeks, but don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. If we faint not, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. And the idea behind fervent prayer, if you look into that, the idea is that we are to, to do the good work of prayer. We are to be active about our prayer and to continue in prayer. And so I want to encourage you. You may have prayed yesterday and you may have prayed at Focus Prayer Monday night and you've prayed over the weekend. You may pray this morning. Just keep praying. And when you're praying, I want you to declare the word of God. I want you to invoke the promises of the word of God. Declare the word in your home. It's going to give you courage. It's going to give you strength. And it's going to give you faith that God has the whole world in the palm of his hands. We, uh, at our house last week, I, I came across a verse of scripture that we've been praying. We've been, we've been declaring in our home. It's found in Psalms chapter 91, verse 10. And it just says, there shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy house. And I think that's just a great verse to, to absolutely declare over your family and over your home. Well, just like you do, I, I texted that to my mom and to my wife. Um, even though we were under the same roof and in the same place, I went ahead and just texted that on out and said, Y'all need to pray Psalms 91.10. Well, a few moments later, my mom responded to that text. And I noticed that her reply didn't exactly match Psalms 91.10. I wasn't quite sure um, that she had gotten the message that I was trying to give her. So I just kind of let it hang there for a minute to kind of see how this would develop. And a couple moments later, she texts me right back and she said, oops, sorry. She said, actually, I read Psalms 90 verse 10, which says something completely different. Psalms 90.10 says, the days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years... And on and on and on. That was not the verse that uh, we intended to pray over our household uh, that particular day. So when you're praying the word, be sure that you get the right verse in mind when you pray. So God bless you tonight. Again, it's so great to virtually see everybody. And I want you to be blessed. I want you to be full of faith. I believe God's moving. I've had that song in my mind all day today. We sing it around here sometimes. Even when I can't see it, he's working. We may not see it today. 
We may not see it tomorrow, but rest assured, God is working. And I declare that in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Where you're sitting tonight, would you clap your hands one more time to Jesus as pastor comes to the pulpit. Thank you, Brother Dave. And great to see all of you uh, again. And uh, we thank you for joining us uh, tonight for Bible study. And um, if there's people tuned in tonight like us here regularly on Wednesday night, then we're going to have a great group to talk to tonight and look forward to this uh, all day today. We had a great time Sunday. And uh, I want to send a shout out to our our quizzers, our Bible quizzers. Uh, Several families texted me Sunday and Monday and said uh, our kids were so excited that you read your text from the Psalms and then use some of those Psalms in your sermon that our kids quoted right along with you. I have to confess, I had to go ahead and read it from my Bible while they were quoting it from memory. I'll just go ahead and confess that and get that straight. But uh, shout out to our quizzers. Y'all are doing a great job and uh, so thankful that you recognize that. One of the parents said their child just leaned their head back in the chair, kind of just staring at the ceiling and just quoted right along uh, like there was nothing to it. So Great job to our quizzers, and uh, we're happy for you guys. Uh, I do want to encourage you, uh, as you've just heard, to log on uh, Sunday. Join us at 11. We'll have a great time together again. The Spirit of the Lord was here Sunday, and then numerous people have texted and said it was powerful in their living room. Even got a few pictures from people um, taking pictures of their family unbeknownst to them. Um, but you could tell they were into what was coming across their screen. And uh, we're very, very thankful for that and appreciate it very, very much. So I plan on being with us this coming Sunday. We'll have a great time. We know that our, our system crashed, kind of, whatever all that terminology is, but we've taken care of that. So there should be ample space for everybody to log in Sunday. So share it with your friends and neighbors and what have you, and uh, we'll have a great time Sunday. I was sitting uh, when Brother Dave was leading the the preliminaries a moment ago thinking that I would have a little bit of fun with you tonight and ask you to just look at your neighbor as though we were here in church and say, tell your neighbor, I'm glad to see you. I was thinking about doing that and then I began to weigh that out. Since we've been closed up together for the past week or two, I'm not so sure you're glad to see that person or not. Somebody said earlier today that it is so nice to see somebody besides my spouse. And uh, so we got somebody back there raising hands. We don't call names too much on live stream. And, uh, but uh, initial of his name, first letters, G. That's, that's all the hint I'll give on that one. So uh, anyway, y'all can square that away when you get home. You're welcome. But, uh, but uh, anyway, we're glad that you're a part of our service tonight. And uh, let's have a good time tonight with the Word of God. I'm going to put our uh, study of the Tabernacle of David on hold until we're all back in house. Uh, That's uh, a little bit of a a challenging Bible study, and uh, the fewer the distraction, the better. I do appreciate seeing on our screen to tune in and uh, get rid of distractions. Um, But that doesn't include your spouse now. You have to be careful to... Let them go ahead and watch with you, even though you're not really that glad to see them. So uh, we'll leave that right there. Let me read my scripture text tonight from Matthew chapter 16, 
Jesus said, and I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I want to talk to you for a few minutes tonight, and I'm not going to keep you long. Um, uh, we'll just keep you for a few minutes. But I want to talk to you tonight about the true purpose of the church. The reason I want to do this is to show you uh, the pure intent that I believe God had for his church biblically. And actually what you're doing right now at home is really and truly not out of the will of God. And it's, it, it's not that it's not biblical. I understand that we're here, not here tonight in a material building. But uh, you'll be surprised tonight if you'll take advantage of this opportunity to talk to your friends and, and loved ones, especially the unchurched, the backslider, the discouraged, and what have you. You'll be more in the will of God than you can imagine. So let me talk to you for a few minutes tonight about the true purpose of the church. This is the, uh, in our reading in Matthew chapter 16, it's the first distinct mention of the church in the New Testament given by Jesus, who is the builder of the church. We do not build the church on our own. We simply cooperate with the master builder, who is Jesus. The word church is used some 140 times in the New Testament, and not once does it refer to a material building. The language used of the church could not be applied to a building. The Bible said the Lord added to the church. The Bible said that Herod vexed the church. The church was persecuted. Paul saluted the church. And the Bible said the churches had rest. It's only in the traditions of men that people go to church. Denominationalism is contrary to Scripture and evidence of carnality and divisions, it really is. Denominations are usually formed around a form of church government, a doctrinal emphasis or truth, a personality that God used in some revival or an experience that someone had at some point in the past. The tragedy is that each revival of truth finds its most bitter enemies in the previous group that had light from heaven but stopped somewhere along the way. History repeats itself in each generation and the only thing we learn from history is that we never learn from history. Um, if you'll think about this statement for a moment, we must constantly guard against the degenerating cycle of our message. That is the degenerating cycle of message, man, movement, and then monument. Notice that Jesus does not say he will build his churches, but he said he would build his church. There's only one church, and its message has never changed. The church was not merely instituted after the Jewish rejection of Christ but rather was prophesied through the entire Old Testament. The Bible said in Genesis twenty-two eighteen 18 that all nations were to be blessed by the seed of Abraham. 
And we understand, and I believe the New Testament teaches that the church is a, the spiritual seed of Abraham. The Bible said that all families of the earth were to be blessed by Abraham's seed, that all kindreds of the nations would worship the Lord. In the last days, all nations would flow to the house of God. The Gentiles would seek the root of Jesse, which is Christ. Many nations would be sprinkled with the blood of the Messiah, the Bible said. It went on to say that many nations would be joined to the Lord in that day, that the name of the Lord would be great among the Gentiles. His name, the Gentiles would trust. So you can see when the Bible refers to the church, when God inspired its writers uh, of the word of God to write about the church, it was never talking about a building. It was never talking about furnishings and what have you. It was talking about people. It was talking about people who would ultimately be born again. I will assure you tonight that uh, the Bible is very clear on this point. The kingdom of God is much larger than the church. If you just think about the church being made up of people, we reference the kingdom of God here quite often. We, we talk about the kingdom of God often, and I'm glad to be a part of the kingdom of God. Jesus said, you must be born of the water and spirit to enter the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is much larger than the church. The reason is because it includes more than the church. The kingdom of God includes the whole entire universe. It includes all the angelic hosts. It includes all the, the Old Testament saints. But when you come to the New Testament church as we know it, it has become the centerpiece of God's kingdom. It's, it's become its most important part, if you will. So if you live between the day of Pentecost and Acts chapter 2 and the rapture of the church that we're still waiting on, if you want to be saved, you must be born into the church or born into God's kingdom, Jesus taught in John chapter 3. Jesus said the prophets who gave these prophecies and even the angels would love to participate and the things happening in our age. Jesus said in Matthew 13, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see the things which you see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. Even Peter responded and wrote in his epistle, Unto whom it was revealed, that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. So I want to say again in passing tonight that the church is not this material building that I'm standing in tonight. It's not made up of, of carpet and chairs and musical instruments and what have you. The church is where you are right now. You're the church. You're the body of Christ. And no matter where you are, that's where the church is. The church goes with you. You don't leave the church when you leave the building. But wherever you go and whatever you do, the church is on the inside of you. The Bible teaches, as we just read, that Moses would have loved to have seen the royal priesthood fulfilled in 1 Peter chapter 2. Isaiah would have loved to have seen Pentecost. Joel would have loved to have been in the upper room, obviously. So God created everything else. 
We know that God created everything that we see. God created all of us. But the church is the only thing that he ever had to buy. He didn't buy a building. He didn't buy a physical gathering together of people. He didn't necessarily purchase a praise team and musical instruments and what have you that we call church. He didn't purchase a pulpit. He redeemed our soul back to God. That's what he purchased. And when you participate in the word of God and you participate in the Holy Ghost, you're enjoying that beautiful thing that God purchased on Calvary with the sacrifice of his own life. So again, he created everything else, but the church cost him dearly. We are privileged beyond measure to be a part of the church of the living God. And so wherever you are tonight, wherever you're watching from tonight or listening to tonight, I want you to know that you're not not in church. You are the church. It's not that you're being absent from the church. You are the church. The only way to be absent from the church is to backslide, if you will, and you cut God out of your life. But you are the church, and you are in church, and you're in the church tonight. And I'm glad tonight to be a part of the great church of God. Hallelujah. The Bible said in Acts 20, verse 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves, unto all the flock, over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. So this is the only thing, the church, our redemption, our salvation is the only thing that God had to purchase. And I can assure you that while we're in this very tumultuous time and we're all disappointed and uh, we all have been a little bit downcast and depressed and discouraged and whatnot, and we'll eventually get back up and running, it's coming. Uh, that time is getting closer and closer and I can assure everybody of that tonight. I'm not totally depending on our government to take care of this thing. I've turned this over to someone else and his name is Jesus. Someone made a comment earlier this afternoon that even after Monday night prayer, which not was just here, but across the nation, and I believe even around the world, people were praying. It's interesting, in just the next couple of days, we saw the stock market go completely crazy. And all of a sudden, drugs were being introduced that was working and what have you. I do believe tonight with all of my heart that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I want to assure everybody tonight that if the church can be shaken by this, it's not much of a church. But I can assure you tonight that God's church cannot be shaken. And it will not be shaken even by what's going on. If you'll cling to your faith and cling to the word of God that we talked to you about Sunday, we're going to get through this and we're going to be more victorious than we were before going into it. And everybody said amen. amen. Individual saints and local assemblies may have problems. Here at Grace Church, we've had our own share of problems. Every church does. But the church is as solid as the rock of revelation it's built on. The Bible said in Isaiah 2 that the earth is to be shaken. In Ezekiel 38, the nation of Israel is to be shaken. In Haggai chapter 2, the heavens and the nations are to be shaken. Even in Hebrews chapter 12, everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but the church cannot be shaken. Jesus said, I will build my church at the gates of hell, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
I believe that tonight. The church has survived far worse than this. Yes, it has. It's gone through persecution at about every level that you can imagine. And it survived. People may not survive it, but God's going to have a church that will survive it. And we can be rest assured of that. I want to share with you our scripture reading tonight from the Amplified Version of Matthew chapter 16, 18 through 19. I want to read to you what the Amplified Version says. Jesus said in in, in the Amplified Version, And I, I tell you, you are Peter. In this case, according to the Amplified Bible, it means you're a large piece of rock. You're a large piece of rock. And on this rock, this revelation you've just had, the Amplified Bible says a huge rock like Gibraltar. I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region, shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. This is the church that we've been born into. This is who we are when you're born again, when you become the body of Christ on this planet, when you become someone who bears the baptism of the Holy Ghost and Jesus' name baptism and the revelation of God in Christ, it becomes an unshakable, undefeatable force that even hell itself cannot defeat. I want to bring this into perspective tonight. Again, we realize that this, this virus is virtually global. There's maybe a few areas where it's not hit quite so hard. But it's been virtually global for all practical purposes except maybe for Antarctica and the Arctic or whatever. But as devastating as this has been, I want you to think about moments in history especially those moments that the Jewish people have suffered. Those moments in history that the church has been assaulted. There's nations around our world that will literally cut your head off for being born again. We talked to one of our missionaries from a country in the Middle East, and he said, every time I baptize somebody in Jesus' name, it's a death sentence. They could have one of their family members come and literally cut my head off on the street, out in the middle of the street, and the government would applaud it because they were, we were teaching something against the national religion of that country. Imagine living that every day. We had that missionary here last year, as a matter of fact, and he's still preaching as hard today as he did when he went to this country a number of years ago. But there's people facing far more severe obstacles than we are. That may not be that much much of an encouragement to us tonight, but my point is simply this. The church cannot be shaken. And every time this missionary baptizes somebody in Jesus' name, he's literally invoking a death sentence upon himself, but he still does it knowing that the church cannot be shaken. He shared with us the last time he was here that he has finally somehow achieved favor favor with the government and they're giving him more and more latitude in that country to spread the gospel even though it is converse and it is against what what that nation believes 
as their own religious principle and so on. Jesus wasn't playing when he said, I will build my church at the gates of hell and hell would not prevail against it. This is who we are and this will not shake us unless we allow it to shake us. I want you to notice there's two principles in this passage. Let me move along because I don't want to keep you much longer. But there's two principles in this passage that we'll share with you and then we'll bring this to a conclusion. First of all, according to Matthew 16, 18 through 19, the church is built on a message, not a man. Men come and go. I have literally heard it said about churches that have a pastor of a big personality. He's had a wonderful revelation or he can, he can do this amazing and he can do that amazing. What is going to happen when the, to that church when that man is no longer pastor? Well, I've lived long enough to see that happen. And I've seen what's happened to these churches. There's one I have in mind right now that I won't name. But that church is doing as well or better tonight than it was when that wonderful, wonderful pastor was there. And I'm not speaking negatively of him, but I'm just trying to tell you tonight, the church is not built on a man. Men come and go. Men succeed and fail. But the true revelation of Christ and the hearts and lives of people is the foundation of the church. And that can't fail. When Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, he fired a shot from here to eternity that has empowered the church. When you realize who God is, it's a, a byproduct of that revelation is simply this. Nothing can defeat you because nothing can defeat God. I didn't mean to get preachy tonight. But I believe we have something on the inside of us that's going to sustain us. And I want everybody to take heart tonight. You have something on the inside of you. You're the church. You're the building. You're the one that moves the church wherever you go. It goes with you. Share it wherever you go whenever the door opens. The second thing is that we, that we get from this passage in Matthew 16 is that we must build the church according to God's blueprint if we want to have his blessing and anointing on it. You gotta do it his way. The words bind and loose that Jesus told Peter are perfect passive participles in the Greek language. It indicates things that have already been forbidden or permitted. We can't just do whatever we want to do and expect God to bless it, but we must do what he wants us to do. And I believe tonight what we're doing right now is something that God wants us to do. Believe me, it would have been much easier to take the path of most least resistance and just say we'll cancel church as some worldwide church groups have done. I was horrified earlier in the week when I read a, 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 a news report that said a major church in our world tonight that, that goes around the world has canceled church worldwide until all this is over. No live stream. No encouraging the people. We'll just cancel out and see you when this is over. But there's something in my heart tonight and the heart of pastors all across our country right now that says we're not gonna do it that way. We're gonna preach the gospel with all, whatever means we have, whatever we have to do, whatever sacrifice it takes. Believe you me, it's really strange 
teaching here tonight. And there's four people sitting in the congregation tonight. There's three people in our media booth. We have a total of eight people here tonight. But it doesn't diminish the power of the Word of God. Neither does it diminish the power of the church. It doesn't diminish the power of the Word of God. As long as we do it His way. If a contractor builds a house for someone, he sticks to the blueprint, which is the will of the purchaser. If we want to build a church, we need to stick to God's blueprint. He is the purchaser of the church. We'll stick to his blueprint, which is the Bible. Otherwise, we're not building a church. We need to understand God's blueprint for building his church, which is our purpose. I could continue on tonight, but I'm going to stop right here, understanding we're on live stream and what have you. But I want to share with you this story in conclusion. I heard it a number of years ago, and I've never forgotten it. A man wanted to build a house, and when it was time to start building the house, he um, had to move out of the country with his job and whatnot, so he gave the, the contractors a set of blueprints and said, here, just build it, and by the time I get back, you'll have it finished, and, and that's what happened. So the contractors kind of said to himself, the man's gone, and he's not going to know the difference, so he used as cheap a material as he could so he could make the most money off of it. When the man returned back home from his job, the contractor met him at his house, handed him the keys to the door, and said, here's your house. The man said, I'll tell you what. Since you just built this house in my absence and you did such a great job here, you can have it. I'm going to buy another piece of property and I'll have you build me another one while I'm at home. So the man inherited his own sloppy work, his own deceitful ways. He inherited that and it became his own possession. And that's what happens when men try to build the church themselves. They inherit a mess. They inherit something that God don't bless. They inherit something that God doesn't give his divine sanction to. Here at Grace Church, we make every effort we can to keep the church biblical, to keep it walking down a straight path, to keep it centered and built squarely on what the Word of God teaches. Thank the Lord. So I want to encourage you tonight, live streamer. Those of you that attend Grace Church have heard me use that word quite a bit. We always welcome our live streamers is what we call folks that watch on live stream. There are some of you here tonight never dreamed you'd become one. Never thought there'd come a time when you couldn't come to church on Wednesday night and you couldn't come to church on Sunday morning, but here we are. But I want to tell you tonight, the church is not diminished because of that. You're still the church. The, still, the church is still in existence because of you and because of your faith and because of your confidence in God. So let's pray together. And uh, God bless you. Thank you for watching tonight. We'll pray together in conclusion. And uh, we'll look forward to being with you again Sunday. Father, we love you tonight. We're thankful for the word of God that is certainly a lamp to our feet. It is a light to our path. We're thankful for Grace Church. We're thankful for the faithfulness of these amazing people, these families. And we're all a little discouraged. We're all a little disheartened right now. But I know, God, that this is in your hands and you're going to take care of it. There's nothing that's too hard for God. There's nothing too hard. With men, things are impossible, but not with God. And I pray tonight, God, that you would bless every person that's watched. I pray that your spirit will permeate their house, 
that you'll fill their atmosphere with your presence, that the word of God will stay strong in their lives, that they'll stay full of your spirit, and that has been quoted already tonight, to be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we'll reap if we faint not. We pray that your will is done, and we pray, God, that you'll continue to work in our country and our world, that you would cause this, cause this to make men look Godward, to cause men to look heavenward. If that happens, the will of God could be accomplished. We pray tonight in Jesus' name for these things. And everybody said amen. Thank the Lord. God bless you and you can be dismissed from the seated position as though you were at Grace Church. God bless you and we'll see you Sunday. There is no fear Cause I believe There is no doubt Cause I have seen Your faithfulness My fortress over and over I have a hope found in your name I have a strength found in your grace your faithfulness my fortress over and over make way through the world